anyone that listened and they think that we got political, this is a political episode, this has nothing to do with Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal. This is what's called being a good fucking person, and, a and normal person. It's real conversations that um, people feel uncomfortable having, and I understand that. I yeah. understand why. But the more that we have these uncomfortable conversations, the more change we'll see in the world. It's Western and Bitsy. Oh my God, you are so annoying. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to once again another episode of Petty, Petty single, single, and, and always, always late. Very late. I'm surprised you weren't going to say what number episode it is because you've been doing that for the past few months. At this point, you told me that most people don't make it past their eighth episode in a podcast. So now I'm just going to keep trucking along and see how far we last until the steam runs out. And let me tell you, we got a lot of steam. I got a lot of steam. <laughs> we got a you lot to say. You feel that steam heat coming from my undercarriage? Yeah, I can yeah. feel it under the table. My legs are like sweating with how warm they are. <laughs> no, we still have so much to talk about. Because I, I, I love talking. I know. I can't get enough of it. It's just like, mm, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel happy. Remember when we used to hate our voices? And yeah. we were like, oh my God. And then what did we do? We capitalized on it. I wish we could say we've monetized on it, but not quite yet. Not yet. And you know what? This is the thing I used to do, and this is so embarrassing. When I was little, and because we didn't have phones or like things to record ourselves, mm -hmm. you could record on the microwave. Did I, have I told you this? No. And you could record on the microwave. So I used to go to the microwave when I was home alone no. and, and record and sing and, he, and then play it back and be like, beautiful. Why could you record in the Beautiful. microwave? Okay. Who made the microwave and said, you know what? They, people need to be able to record themselves. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I'm making this up and maybe it wasn't the microwave, but there was something, I'm pretty sure it was the microwave, that I could record on because it was some like weird household appliance. Well, this will make you feel better. In my adult life, I have taken out my phone and recorded myself because I'm singing in the car and I'm convinced. I'm like, I think I might have what it takes to be a star. And I record myself. I and hate you. That's the quickest way to bring me back to reality. And I'm like, what note was I hitting? And I just delete the voice memo and I just keep driving. I just can picture you doing that, and I know it's so real. And the, the and what's sad. even what's even more sad, Weston, is I've done the same thing. I think and I have has. a horrible voice. <laughs> I think everybody at some point in their life has been like, you know, what? I think I can sing. And recorded themselves and just deleted it. I mean, it's so bad. It's so bad. Fuck. Okay, can you tell us, did you survive your camping trip with your boo? That is my PSA of the week. I did survive the camping trip, and I think camping's my new thing. I thought I hated camping because I went, like, four years ago on Pride Float, almost died. I almost burned the entire campground down. So when we picked up, they literally were like, Weston, please just don't touch anything, which <laughs> I did. It was amazing. You yeah. had to clean. I loved it. And, and whenever we did set up, I also just kind of stood there during cleanup, I did want to contribute. So I just threw everything away. If it was there, if it was possible to throw away, I did it. I was like, that's I don't I want it. It's dirty. Just let's get out of here. So that's when I was like, I don't think camping's for me. I was also blacked out for three days this time. I loved it. So we went, we stayed at under canvas Mount Rushmore. I have them all over and they call it glamping glamorous camping. So I know there's going to be the naysayers that are good. Like you didn't really go camping say what you will. I loved it. There was like a common space with delicious food, um, alcohol, and then the camp itself, it doesn't have air conditioning, but we didn't need it because it was in South Dakota. So it was already cool. There was a fire. Uh, we had a private balcony. I mean, I loved it. 
and I can't wait to do it again. So uh, since like the Dakotas are known for being very conservative, how did you feel about that? Did you feel like it was like awkward at all being um, a gay couple? Um, actually we did talk about that and there, I, neither of us in a lot of the places we were at felt comfortable like, showing PDA, showing PDA or even, even when you don't show PDA, I think nowadays th there's two types of people. There's the people that are so oblivious that they don't even think about people being gay or there's the people that are looking at and trying to, trying to make the connection. What are you two doing together? Right. But the, I will say the only place that we went where I really felt comfortable was that under canvas, there was only one group of people that wouldn't stop staring at us as opposed to many. That sucks. That's annoying. I've um, never been there, but uh, this is um, another reason why I don't want to go. But how was Mount Rushmore? Was it lackluster? I walked up. I saw it. I took a photographic uh, image in my mind and I said, okay, let's go. <laughs> no, I, I did like it, but it is just kind of like you just walk up and see it. And I'm just like, that's damn, it. that's crazy. <laughs> Look at all those heads carved into that rock and can when can i get my head carved into that rock i was thinking that and did you know that they were supposed to carve the bodies too but they just stopped well you know what i can understand that because it seems simply exhausting it seems like a big undertaking and yeah someone bit off more than they can chew i didn't go to the museum and read so i don't know who was in charge <laughs> but it i mean it was cool but it was very walk up there it is and then I, walk out yeah, yeah. I, I get mean, it the glamping was definitely the, best, the high like point. The high point. It was amazing. In Theodore Roosevelt Park, we did. Did you know there's wild horses? Yes. Well, I saw, well, I know from your, um, you posted an Instagram where you talked about wild horses, yet there was no picture of wild horses. So it really threw me off. I have been accused of lying, but yeah. I really did see wild horses and that threw me for a loop. Prairie dogs are my new favorite. Does uh, Oscar remind you of a prairie dog? Mm-mm. No, but Oscar is cute. Dog. Prairie dogs are really cute. Okay. I loved it. Well, I have a PSA. Let's hear it. So I went and saw Hustlers on Friday night and it's an amazing movie. It's extremely well done. I was so like happy with how it turned out because I, I just thought it was amazing. It's based on a true story. JLo has the body. She is 50. And I mean, holy shit. She looks amazing. But I will say it's because it's based on a true story. So the whole thing though is kind of disturbing. And I kind of want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. So have, do you know anything about hustlers? No. So it's about, it? <laughs> it's, it's about it's um, about a stripper, a stripper, mm -hmm. a group of strippers who worked at the strip club, and then um, they ended up they all ended up leaving because it was when the reception recession happened in two thousand eight, and people stopped spending as much money. And so the whole really? point was like to be a stripper. It's obviously can be degrading, but mm -hmm. you have to play the game. So oh, and this is definitely going to be spoilers so I would skip ahead if you want to see hustlers and don't want anything to be ruined but if you want to be a part of the conversation then keep listening okay so <laughs> <laughs> um strippers who their session happened mm -hmm. they stopped getting as much money so they had to branch out one of them got pregnant and they all came back together and what they ended up doing was reaching into the past the mm -hmm. men that would come to the strip club meeting them at bars, texting them, meeting them at a bar. One of them would meet them. It was a group of four or five mm -hmm. of them. And then they would all come, they would drug them and max out their credit cards, take them to the strip club and give a cut to like the DJ, the door guy, people at the strip club and max out their credit cards. Oh my God. So that's a little, it's controversial, right? Yes. Because they're drugging them. Now here's where I was like, holy shit, like, that's a lot to take in. I don't agree with what these women are doing. But at the same time, these men aren't like 
great guys. They are married men who were coming and paying thousands of dollars at a strip club right. when their family was at home and they were, you know, degrading these women. They were wanting blowjobs, wanting to have sex with them, all this stuff. So, Which is also illegal. So I don't feel bad for them Unless you're either. in Nevada somewhere. Right? Yeah. So it's like a weird, it's a weird situation. It's like, I, I don't, I don't like what they're doing. I don't agree with it, but I don't, I don't feel bad for the guys either. Yeah. It's, it's just like a sad situation all around. I think I'm shocked that people stopped going to the strip club during the recession because typically drinking, you know, alcohol is at strip clubs, obviously. Drinking increases during when the economy's bad. So but I guess they just weren't wanting to blow money because it was yeah. all, it was, so it's based in New York and these were all mm -hmm. Wall Street guys. Well, Wall Street crashed during so the recession. So they, the recession, so they didn't have money to spend. Yeah, I definitely don't, I, I'm with you. I don't agree with, not just uh, what the ladies were doing, but if the DJ and bouncers and stuff were getting cuts too, they were also wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, like no, there's no, there's no winning in this situation and Cardi B's in the movie. And so it really reminded me of how Cardi, it came out about how she had oh, yeah. actually done this. And um, she, some people were praising her for doing it. A lot of people were like shitting on her for doing it. And I mean, it's just, I don't think we can really speak to it because have you ever been to a point where you're stripping for for money and you're you feel right. like you have no way out? Like no, I I still that's not me saying I agree with it. I don't agree mm -hmm. with it. But I'm just saying I can't really speak to being in that point because I have lived like a more privileged life. Right. So no one knows what they would do until you're in that situation. Exactly. But it just like it makes you think. Yeah. And I, I highly suggest seeing the movie. It was really good. Um but yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, and while Bitsy was watching this, I was watching Hocus Pocus and Carving Pumpkins before it was even October. So I came home, and it was really amazing. Um, I came home, and I opened the door. I smell cookies. It was mm. so great. I see those fucking Cheez-It pizza things that Weston had. Love them. Love them. And they were so good. Imagine eating them whenever I was high. Oh, my God. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, they, they were on point. Um, I was going to say something else about Hustlers. Oh, I mean, the thing about like Cardi B and drugging is I just don't think anyone should be drugged, you know, and no. I know you don't either, but I'm just like, with the people that were like praising her for it, I'm like, first of all, she was obviously in a situation where she made the decision to do that, but I'm just like, why are you praising someone for drugging someone? Cause if it were the other way around, I, I, you know I what I'm saying? I completely agree. Um, a guy can't drug a woman and steal from her. Um, but again, I think that kind of, it just, it goes back to society. Right. Um, and how we've just always been, we've been taught and what we've, what we've been, what we've learned as we've grown up. Mm -hmm. um, no one should obviously be drugged. And again, I just, I don't think that it's an excuse, but it's just these men are disgusting sleazebags who are breaking the law as well. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're not saints. Exactly. Now, and it, it, I still know it doesn't make it right, but that just is what I think about. And then I just, I think you as, know. as humans in general, I, you know that show, um, What Would You Do? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Love that show. I only watch it on YouTube. I don't even know what channel it comes on. But I there was like an episode, and it's always stuck with me, where the waiter drops the food on the ground and people see it and he still serves it to the couple. Whenever the couple was being nice to the waiter, everyone told the couple and thought that it was fucked up of the waiter to do it. Then they did it to where the couple was being nasty and mean and rude to the waiter. And then when he dropped their food on the floor and still served it to him, no one said a word. So as humans, we innately kind of think that people get what they deserve. It's karma. You know? And you, so you that, know. I think that's kind of totally you know, where we're coming from as far as the, well, you guys aren't good people either. 
Exactly. And it's like, it goes back to the whole situation where it's like me in my current life. Would I ever condone the drugging? Would I ever do it? No, I wouldn't. Right. But I, I can't place that much judgment on other people who have their circumstances have led them there. I don't, I still don't agree with it. I don't like it, but it's the, when you learn about people's backstories, which you did in the movie, Mm -hmm. you see how and why it kind of happened and you feel bad for them. Yeah. It's like you see how they got to that point. Like, and, and like, and so on the flip side, like we didn't see what had happened to the guys that led them to be at the strip club doing that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think in general, the kind of guys that are going to the strip club every weekend, dropping yeah. thousands of dollars, aren't going to be your, your great amen. Right. And to, um, to add to this, whenever I stripped in Canada, I thought I made a <laughs> shit ton of money. Well, at the time, our currency was a little different, and it wasn't that much money. I was just had a lot of lot of papers. That's so sad for you. It was very sad. I mean, I just don't think you're that good. Canadian money was different, and I didn't know that. And they also, their dollars or coins. And so, yeah, I got pelted very, with a couple of those. Very, very <laughs> interesting. You can imagine what it was like whenever I went upside down on the pole and someone just bounced a dollar off did my ass. Did you really go off the upside down? I did. I did. I got up there because, God, do I want to say this? Fine, I'll say it. Um, we had <laughs> <Please> a. <say laughs> it. <laughs> if there's family listening, turn it off now. Um, the we had a play, a jungle gym like in our backyard that my parents built and there was a fireman's pole on it and I would watch Rock of Love okay I was like in sixth grade I loved it and so I would go outside and I would practice and, and I would yet go your parents down. were confused that you were gay <laughs> and didn't see it I was wondering I was like I wonder if my like parents ever looked out the back window and just saw what I was doing I mean Weston that's fucking hilarious and I was practicing because Angelique you know the uh, Frenchie that was on there I, she went upside down I was like she can do it I can do it and I practiced and I didn't do it again for a long time and then you know Canada happened oh if you're wondering why I did it I was drunk my friend convinced me to do it and I got a free job strap out of it it was fun and I, I got up there and I was like oh my gosh I'm from Kansas City I've never even done this before and then I just grabbed the pole climbed to the top flipped upside down and right down the pole I went I mean, I love it. And the, yeah, the drag queen was like, yeah, he's never done this before. Okay, can we do a pole dancing class? I, I want to do a pole dancing class. A lot of them don't allow men. Okay. I think that if we talked to them, though, they would be like, yeah, you can come. Yeah, let's look at let's look into it and let's let's plan one for like a girl's night. That would be it so would fun. Be a fucking blast. Okay, love it. Do you have a PSA this week? Oh, yeah, my PSA was that I like glamping. Oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> It was actually so uninteresting that, it's, that you've already forgotten it. I can try to come up with another one. Um, PSA, I'm exhausted because we had a kickball game and it was really hard. PSA, it's October 1st when this comes out. Woo, woo. Yes, it's, ha- oh my God, it's Halloween season and I'm ecstatic. Y'all know how I, I just get horny thinking about Halloween. We love so, it. You know. Okay, so guys, I have I have something to tell you. I have been on it. I've been on one of my dating um, binges. Binges. This past like two weeks, and I don't, I honestly don't know why. Um, I, I can't tell you why. I just have. I've been on four dates with like four different guys. That's not something <laughs> no. I should be like really proud of, but I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm just dating around. Well, you always do this. You will not go on a date or talk to anyone for like a couple months, and then you'll have a binge to where yeah. you're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on the armor of God, and I'm gonna put myself out there, and I'm gonna play the field in every position in that field. And it's really tough. And I've also been a first date kissing bandit. Meaning you have been kissing? I've kissed every guy I went on a first date with. Oh, you got to leave them wanting One more. One of them, no. It was just not a good kiss. It, his lips were like rocks. 
ugh, like like the Grand Canyon And crack his him. like little tongue squirted in my mouth <gasps> and I was like, get it out. And so I just like started laughing and opened my car door and got in. Well, at least you didn't bite it this time. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I should have. <laughs> Get away from me. Um, yeah, so I went on a first date and we went to, I was like so hungover because I'd gone out the night before and we got high on the first date. I mean, that was my favorite one that way. It was like, I texted Weston and I was like, cause it was like, you know, when you guys get high and you, um, you stop talking, you go mute and you can't talk like that (laughs) happened to me. So I'm hanging out with this guy at a bar and I like can't talk and I'm just sitting there and he would say something to me and I just like nod. (laughs) <laughs> safe to say we will not be going out again it's just the worst when you're trapped with your own thoughts because it's and who knows how long it's going to last when are you going to be able to talk again I you know. don't know it's it, kind of scary it was really really traumatizing um and then I went out with this other guy and he was oh my god I never I always have said like I don't care how tall guys are right because I genuinely don't like I I my my soulmate could be five nine and you know what if he's five nine like let's get over the stigma of they need to be tall but he was six five and he was hot and I was like wow I I love you I want to be with you forever right you don't care if he's a convicted felon no I don't care he was he was so hot, but it was like, he w- he's someone who was also funny and I could tell that we would be battling for the spotlight. And mm-hmm. I like literally said, I was like, so we're, we're just going to constantly be battling for the spotlight. And I like being in the spotlight. Right. And so this will not work out. And add, throw me in the mix. I know. Can it, you imagine? Just and so we went to, um, we went to this bar, um, and the waitress came up and was like, do you guys want something to drink? And, and I was like, yeah, can I get a Pinot Grigio? And he looks at me and he goes, I thought you said you were just getting water. And I was like, fuck you. Okay. I do like that. He was, he was going to call you out. It was funny, but I was like, fuck you. So is, will there be a second date with this one? Um, yes. Okay. Okay. But like, it's long distance, so it's like, it's tough. Uh, how long distance are we talking? I'm talking he lives in a surrounding city outside of Kansas City. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that can make it a little bit harder. It will definitely make it harder. So I, I for, for me, like with him, it, I think it would just be like something that's more fun. Like I don't think it would yeah. ever turn serious, but he has a fun personality. I like him. I just don't mm-hmm. see it being like someone that I'm going to be in a relationship with. And you Should can keep him away from your other boyfriends. My other boyfriends. And so then I went on another date. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> um, last night, and we went to this jazz bar. Um, and the reason this one will not be continuing is because um, we got into a fight about Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he asked me what kind of music I like. And I said, Taylor Swift. As you should. Who and- wouldn't? as I should. And he doesn't just not like Taylor Swift. He told me that she's what's wrong with pop music today. And see, that's where he could have just shut the fuck up because he could have just said, oh, you know, she's not my type of music. Uh But he had to go on and say and accuse her, uh, berate her and say she's what's wrong with pop music. He had to like break her down. And so I, 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 and I know this sounds ridiculous, but I actually got mad. And he was like, can we not like disagree? And it's like, no, I mean, we can disagree, but your opinion's wrong. And he doesn't have to be a, a little douche about it. <laughs> exactly. I was, just, I was just like, okay, fuck off. So like, I can't go out with you again because of Taylor Swift. And also he didn't like Shit's Creek, which I just cannot get on board with. I can, 
can you tell the people why he didn't like Schitt's Creek? It's a trigger oh, for me. It's a trigger for me too. Yeah. So he he like he asked me what my favorite TV shows were, like what I've binged recently, and I was like Schitt's Creek. I was like, it's so fucking funny. I think it's the next like Office or Parks and Rec, because you know like everyone in our generation has seen The Office, everyone's seen Parks and Rec, and I think Schitt's Creek is coming. Hmm. And he was like, oh, I just didn't think it was funny, and I was like. <laughs> What do you mean you didn't think it was funny? Like, that show's fucking hilarious. And if yeah. you don't think that's funny, then we aren't going to have the same sense of humor. Right. And um, I was like, is it because a queer guy is one of the main characters? Because he's queer because he dates women and men, but he ends up... Well, you guys right. should watch yeah. and find out. Anyways. If you guys don't know what queer is, there's like a bonus episode somewhere in, in that there you can, where we talk that about you can it. listen about it. <laughs> Anyways, he said that no straight man is out there watching Shit's Creek and laughing. And I was like... I don't know about that. I think that straight men can find Shit's Creek funny. Yeah, straight men that don't have internalized homophobia, homophobia and are secure enough in their sexuality that they are okay with a queer character on screen. Exactly. And then he said that The Office was made for any race, any gender, all this shit. And I was like, uh, actually, no, I don't, I don't really think it is. I think it's mainly a white person show. Of course, any race can watch it, but I don't think that it's geared to be Towards everyone. Right. Diversity was at the top exactly. of their list when they were because making Because you want to know why this was filmed whenever diversity wasn't, if it was remade today, I think mm -hmm. it would be different. But it was filmed when diver being diverse and accepting every culture, every, every gender, every sexuality mm -hmm. wasn't really a thing. Right. And so I'm just like, mm, no, you're wrong on that. And so anyways, for these reasons, I'm out. And I couldn't be happier that you're out. I'm still annoyed about the... What, like, I just can't imagine watching a TV show and then one queer character totally just derails the whole show for you. And you're like, I just can't get on board with it. There's like, what? I mean, and David's the funniest character and he's just, and he's like Dan Levy is like a, yes. a amazing person. I just love him. I mean, he does realize that there's going to, in the future, there's going to be Marvel movies and, you know, all the superhero stuff. Mm -hmm. There's going to be gay characters. There might already be. I don't watch them, so I don't know. But there's going to be gay characters. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Off the top of my head, I love Marvel. That's like the nerdiest thing about me. Oh. Anyways, and then, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and contestant number four. Um, so it, it's not someone that I've been out with, but it's someone that I've been messaging and we're doing like one of those cute aim um, online relationships. But I we have like a really good mm -hmm. like rapport and conversation and he's just not in town. So that's why we haven't um, met up yet. Anyways, not the point of the story. Now, the point of this story is something that I want to talk to you about, Weston. It's about, he, he said something along the lines of like, um, he's been to gay bars. He's like comfortable with gay men. Mm -hmm. not, not anything like that. But he um, has been to gay bars and like a gay man has grabbed his dick and like sexually like assaulted him. Because to right. me, that's sexual assault. Right, it is. And um, I, I kind of like, it made me think because I was like thinking about it. And I was like you know what, there's been many a times I've been at a bar and I've had my ass grabbed, slapped, someone grabbed my boob and Weston slapped them. I mean, like, or no, they didn't, yeah, <laughs> no, you did. Um, actually, they didn't grab your boob. They just made a derogatory okay. comment about your breasts and I slapped the dog shit out of them. Yeah, okay, so, so stuff like that. I'm crazy, y'all. <laughs> but I've also had gay men um, grab my boobs mm -hmm. just because they're gay, which, I mean, for me, like, I, that, I, I don't like physical touch, like, by people I don't know, so I don't I don't like that. But anyways, I was just thinking, I was like, you know what? It has nothing to do with the fact that this guy's gay and you're straight and he grabbed your, your dick. If he was straight, he would be doing this to women. 
Right. And the, the fact is is that he didn't have your consent. And a lot of straight guys seem to not be able to wrap their mind around consent, but the moment they step in the gay bar, they understand it completely. Yep. It's like that's exactly what it's like for women. Yep. And and I just, this was quoted from, this was quoted from the circumcision documentary, my freedom stops where your body begins. Mic drop. You know? Like yeah. My freedom you know, stops yeah. where your body begins. Yeah, I had to think about that for a second. And yeah. And that goes with the drugging, the touching, and like you said, it, and this is a, a PSA to the, to gay men out there, I, I feel like for some people they think it's become this norm in the community and the culture to touch, to touch people because maybe they're okay with it, but other right. people aren't. Whether that's a straight man, you don't have his consent, another gay man, you don't have his consent, or it's not okay to touch women just because, oh, I'm gay, so I can touch your boobs. You don't have their consent either. Right. None of that's okay. And I remember when I was at the circuit party, there was this guy with like these like really tight um, like leather pants on and I wanted to touch them, not in a sexual way because they looked cool. And I said, can I touch your pants? And he goes, yeah. I said, thank you for asking. No one has asked me at all tonight if they could touch me. They just been doing it. And guys, that, that that's not part of gay culture. That's just people being assholes. Exactly. Because they don't think consent applies to them. Right. Exactly. So like when my thing is, is it's, it doesn't matter that you're at a gay bar. This could happen at a straight bar. It just depends on the person that's going to do that. Like yeah. there's people out there who just don't, who just will yeah. do that. And it's disgusting and we don't like it. And, and I was at Ale House one time. Um, you were there. This might've been pre-blackout because we did both blackout this day. Okay. But um, one of my f- straight friends, we weren't good friends. He was really drunk and he grabbed my dick and balls and really, gr- I mean, it was like, a very aggressive, almost painful grope. And that wasn't okay. Now, does that mean I'm like, I can't go to straight bars anymore because someone sexually assaulted me, straight men sexually assaulted me, so they're all evil? No, that guy crossed a boundary that he shouldn't have. Right. And that's just like having respect for the people Mm -hmm. around you. Yeah. You just can't do that shit. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I would never do that to you. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I would never do that to you either. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, I, I remember when I was in Richmond and that uh, straight, or I think she was bisexual woman, started touching me. Yeah, and, and she was yeah. trying to get you to have sex with her. And I think that's just repulsive. Yeah. He's not into you. Yeah. So to, to contestant number four right here that says like, you know, he's, you know, he, he might be traumatized from that. And I hate that for him because, you know, he was touched and he didn't want to be, but he can't blame an entire demographic because of one person's actions. Right. And I don't think that that's what he's doing. I think he was just like bringing that up mm-hmm. and I, and I understand that and it made me think about it. So I, I actually liked it. And I just really loved whenever I said that to you and you said the, um, straight men don't understand consent until they step into a gay bar. And no. I'm like, yeah, fucking listen up. You can't just slap a girl's <laughs> ass as she's walking by. I mean, cause guys right. get drunk and I can't count how many times that has happened. It's and it, to this point, it's sad because I'm numb to it. So if a guy grabs my butt when I'm like at a bar, just like I'm numb to it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm numb to it as well, and I I kind of hate that I am in right. a lot of ways. But um, well, I'm numb to my ass being touched and slapped. But like my when people touch my front, it does without asking me. It bothers me. Actually, if someone grabbed my vagina, I would literally punch them in the throat. Yeah, I, I don't like that. No, absolutely, that's an absolutely not. So, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, this kind of gets us into the conversation that I wanted us or we wanted to have. Mm -hmm. It's not just all about me, even though I always think it is, um, about feminism. And I just want to know from your perspective, what does feminism mean to you as like a gay man, but also supporting women? What feminism means to me 
I mean, it, in most all of history, you know, I'm sure there's some societies and cultures that are different, but women and what they are associated with has always been seen as less than. Like I've, I've even talked about how like uh, bottoms are judged or feminine gay men yes. are judged because, well, why? Mm-hmm. Because they are acting more woman-like or more feminine and you think that that is less than masculine or men behaviors. So I think for, for me personally, Feminism, not it, it means first of all the obvious that women deserve equal rights. They want to be and deserve to be treated as equals with men and any other genders in between. Yes, or outside of thereof. But it also means it also means everyone who is a feminist also being on an equal playing field. Like, it, it's really equality for all because... Exactly. Oh, so women, like I just said, deserve and should be treated as equals. But it doesn't just stop there. It goes for everyone, you know? So, like, like in the gay community, with the gay guys, um, don't you shouldn't be treating lesbians any differently because they're the front row of a drag show because guess what? They have just as much right to this space as you do. Agreed. Gay men are no, no better than lesbians, Vice versa, everyone is equal. And to me, that's just what feminism is. And I think that for all demographics that are wanting that, you can't ask for rights for your, for your group while not supporting rights for another group. I couldn't agree more. I love that. Thank you. Sorry. It was really hard for me to get out. In no, my but I brain. think you did it great. <laughs> I, I think you did it great. Cause for me, feminism isn't just equality for women. It's equality for transgender, but people it's, it's equality for mm-hmm. queer people. It's a equality for absolutely everyone. And you know what that also means? Mm-hmm. Equality for men too. It's not, doesn't stop at women. I want every I want equality for everyone, everyone on equal play, play, playing field. And I think a lot of times I know for me, I grew up in a super conservative household. Mm-hmm. I know you did as well. And so I didn't understand feminism when I was growing up. I was embarrassed of feminism. I was embarrassed of saying I was a feminist because I didn't get it. And even when I go home to this day, I have a shirt that says feminist that I love wearing around <laughs> my house uh, because I know it makes my parents kind of uncomfortable. Right. We're still rebelling at 26 and 27, guys. Yeah, I won't stop. <laughs> um, and I think Sophia Bush, she was asked in an interview, and I, I don't have the direct quote, so, but it was something along the lines. They were like, um, are you a feminist? And she was like, she was like, well, yes, I'm a feminist. Um, do you want women to have equal rights? Do you think they should get paid mm-hmm. the same? All this stuff. The person was like, yes. And she was like, well, if you want equality, you're a feminist. And I think where a lot of people get hung up is on, they think, they hear feminism and they're like, man hater. No, you're not a man hater right. just because you're a feminist. There are the 1% that of feminists that are anti-men or because th- that just happens. Yeah. There's radical people in every single group you see. Absolutely. And people just focus on that. And I think it goes back all the way to the 1700s. You know, women didn't have equal rights. There started a movement for women to have equal rights. It picked up in the 1800s and it, in, in men didn't like that because mm-hmm. they were the ones in power. They didn't want women to be in power. They didn't want them to go to college. They didn't want them to be able to vote. It was and a so, threat to them. Exactly. So they labeled them as men haters. And I think that's where it's carried on today. Mm-hmm. And you haven't just seen it in feminism. You've seen these kind of things and all of the racial movements that have, ha- mm-hmm. have happened. And it's just a lot of people confuse it with that. And I just want that to be known that it doesn't mean man hater. Right. It means equal rights for everyone, which includes men. Right. No, I 
wholeheartedly agree. And I think that those people that are anti-feminism, it's because they're, they're one of two. They don't get it. They don't mm-hmm. understand it. Or they genuinely are misogynistic assholes. Right. And those are the people that are going to either point out maybe those uh, people that are a little bit more radical or there's already maybe this idea that it means anti-men. So they're going to piggyback off of that and they're going to try to turn all these other groups against feminists. Yes. And, and like you said, you like, and this is what gets me too. Just because you're pro-black does not mean you're anti-white. People you, get so uncomfortable about that. I could not agree more. Yeah. It's like you can be pro-feminism without being anti-men, anti-male. Exactly. You know? And I mean, we don't, I mean, obviously we're getting a little bit um, controversial today and getting a little more political, but it also goes to what we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Just because you're pro-choice doesn't mean you're pro-abortion. Right. Like pro-choice. And people can't, people right. can't wrap their minds around that. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to so many people that are like, um, me personally, I wouldn't, I don't think I would ever get an abortion, but I think people should be able to choose. Well, they're pro-choice just because you wouldn't do it doesn't mean you can't project your beliefs onto other people. And like that's me personally. I, I just don't think I could ever get an abortion. However, Mm -hmm. if one of my friends got one, I wouldn't judge her because that's her choice. Right. So, I mean, that whole, that just, it all goes back together. It all goes back to people feeling uncomfortable and not just not understanding. And it really pisses me off when all these men are making all of these decisions and laws, but they would never, they could never be in a position of a woman to have to make the choices that we do. They don't right. get it. Yeah. And yet they're the ones who are doing things like developing our tampons, <laughs> all of that right. shit when they've never had a vagina. And all these regulations on, you know, abortions and stuff. It's like, you don't even have a uterus. I know. So how can you decide? Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, I, a lot of times don't talk about it in conversation because I'm like, I don't have a uterus. So why should I even be speaking on it? Right. You know? Oh, y'all, welcome to the sermon. <laughs> we do record on Sunday, so welcome to church. Where Cue the organ, Oscar. Um, <laughs> um, I think, too, sorry, we're going to rewind the clock. When women started coming into the workforce, yes. right? When yes. was that? Like 60s, I would say, and then increasingly every decade. And you know, yes, sorry, go on. I was going to interrupt you, but I have something to say after this. Is why were people so anti-women joining the workforce? This is, I don't, y'all, I don't have a degree in this. This is just what I think. I don't even read a lot of books, but they were threatened. Think Mm -hmm. of all the brilliant women and talented women that now you have to compete with. Right. And, and of course, then they put on it as like, well, your place is in the home. Well, you should have children. Well, sir, maybe your place is in the home. Maybe you should be raising the kids. Exactly. I genuinely think that all these gender roles and these expectations really kind of, um, can one fuck with your head. Totally. And I think that they are used as tactics to keep people down. Totally. You know, and, and if a, if there's a man that wants to be a house husband and raise the kids, more power to you. If there's a woman that wants to pursue her career, just her career, more power to you. Just a family, more power to you. Both, neither, more power to you. Exactly. It's kind of like women who don't want to have kids. People can't grasp their mind around them not wanting to have kids because they're like, that's your job is to have kids. Well, guess what? Not everyone is meant to have kids. And do right. you really want someone who doesn't want a child bringing a child into this world? You shouldn't. Right. You absolutely <laughs> shouldn't. Now, right. something else I thought was interesting. So when women started getting into the workforce, there were no sexual harassment laws because they never had to have them before because it was all men. So my aunt told me the story, which I found very fascinating, is she um, started because she's, you know, she's in her 50s. No, she's in her 60s. Oh, my gosh. So when she was just starting at work, she was she's beautiful. Um, she was getting sexually harassed, phone calls at home, 
emails, letters. This guy was obsessed with her. And it, her boss had just gone to a sexual harassment training because they just started introducing mm-hmm. sexual harassment training. This guy was stalking her and he didn't get fired. So fucked up. He got told he could never contact her and then he continued to contact her until she like had to go above like her boss and go to people and listen. And I think that's absolutely wild. And it's weird to think because in the world we live mm-hmm. in, we never had to deal with that. Because sexual harassment is something mm-hmm. that's been very much ingrained into people's minds, I think. Right. Or the people that have had to deal with it, it's addressed typically. Typically. You know, I'm sure there's situations that are, are not up, Exactly, because there always are. But I just found that, like, very interesting. That, that is weird. And I just know when I have a rough day at work, a rough week at work, I get stressed out. I'm stressed about having to go to work tomorrow. Imagine all your stresses of work on top of you're having to deal with, I'm going to use the word bully, um, an aggressor, a sexual assaulter, a sexual right. harasser, a, an asshole. Right. Like, imagine that. I, I can't. I you can't. can't. Do it. I mean, yeah. And I mean, just we're saying this, and this is also something that should be known is women can also be the aggressors. They can be the people sexually mm-hmm. harassing. So that's not saying that it's just that's just men. Right. It can also be women. I when I worked at Olive Garden, I had to talk to my manager because this girl wouldn't leave me alone. I mean, that doesn't surprise no. me. What was she doing? Just things like making flirtatious comments, which at, the, at first I was just like brushing it off because I was like, whatever. And and this is when I was in the closet too. So, you know, she didn't even know that I was gay. Somehow, if she would have watched me eat one breadstick, that would have given it away. Um, <laughs> or seen you on that pole. <laughs> right. Um, but then she started like touching me. And that's when I was like, okay, now once again, your freedom stops where my body begins. And I was, she would like walk to the back and she would like, rub her hand all the way down my chest while she would make a sexual comment. Like, okay, I that's wanna, completely inappropriate, yeah. and she should not do that because if someone did that to her, that wouldn't mm-hmm. be okay. Yeah, and at this time, I was also insecure about being outed. So I was right. like, if I say something about a girl touching me, is that going to reinforce everyone's belief that I was gay? Which now, looking back on it, who gives a fuck? But at right. the time, it was a big deal to me. And I went and talked to um, one of the managers, she was actually a lady, and she was like, nope, we've had this problem before. Thank you for telling me. Okay, she needs to get fired. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, I don't I don't ever know what happened. I hope she got fired because that's completely inappropriate. No, she didn't, get, she didn't get fired, but she did stop. So they did talk to her. And yeah, I... So, so t- to your point, it, it happened to me? Yeah, it, hap- it happens. Oh. And it's just like, that's, it's just something that is, it's not okay, no matter who's doing it. Okay, but something else I want to talk about about feminism is I think that something else that makes people feel uncomfortable is they think, men think that we are blaming women or feminists are blaming them for the oppressive behavior that has happened in the past. And that's not what it is. I mean, I don't, you can't blame people mm-hmm. today for people's actions hundreds of years ago. Um, it's just saying that we're just one equality now. Right. It, and I think it's important to look at the actions because you can learn from how what the fucked up things other people did and be like, this is what not to do. Right. <laughs> Ooh, it's a spicy episode today. <laughs> so, guys, we just have so many thoughts on this. I know. I also think sometimes men are anti-feminism because it makes them feel guilty. And they have this guilt of oh my God, I feel so bad. And the thing is, maybe it's not a bad thing that you feel guilty because I, to me, I think that that shows empathy and I think that that shows how you are aware of how things should be, but they let that guilt get them and they become anti-feminism because it's like, it, they have too much pride It's a defense say, mechanism. maybe I've done something wrong. Maybe people like me have done something wrong and so I'm not wrong. I'm a good person. And then that, that pride tries to cover up that guilt. And like we've said, that could go with other things. Like, you know, with, with, um, 
like white people that exactly, feel guilty. That's exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. Know, white 100%. people feel guilty or maybe uh, straight people feel guilty about the way gay people have been treated. It's just you can't let your pride creep in to make you say, well, I've never, I mean, I've talked to people before when I've talked about white privilege and they're like, I've worked for everything I've had. No one is sitting here saying you haven't worked hard. You haven't, you know, worked for some of the things you've had, but you cannot deny that it has been easier for you than it is for others. I and mean, if you deny that, agree more. you know, they say pride is the number one sin because it's what starts all the other sins. And it's the worst when they're like, I have a black friend. Congratulations. What do you want a medal? <laughs> right. Like, no, like, you're being, you're getting so defensive about this because you're refusing to accept and see a different perspective because all you can see is your own and all you can think about is yourself and think someone else is attacking you when they're not. Right. I think, I, even for me, accepting the fact that I was privileged and wanting to, I didn't want to say I was privileged. I mean, because, you know, when this all, the whole privilege movement, mm -hmm. I would call it a movement, it came out, it made me think about myself and like really reflect. And at first, my first reaction was to get a little bit defensive because I was like, I wasn't privileged. And then I was like, wait, how the fuck can I say that? Yes, I was. My parents would have done anything for me. Mm -hmm. They had, they, they paid for things for me. Not everyone has that. How can you not say you're privileged? Of course you're privileged. Not everyone can go to college. Not everyone can go away to college. Some people have to go to community college. And the, like, you know, there's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's just a defense. People mechanism. are dealt different cards and exactly. it's not fair. It's not fair. And I think that you just need to accept like these were the cards you were dealt and know that not everyone has that and mm -hmm. work, do something to give back and help the people who, who were not as mm -hmm. lucky as you. Right. Or even use your privilege for maybe someone who doesn't have that privilege, you know, exactly. because I think it's important to realize, you know, we'll, I'll never know what it's like to be a woman. I'll never know what it's like to be someone who's not white, but I, I can try and recognize that I move through the world differently than those people. Yes. And, and listen to them and listen to what right. they're saying and try and, and see it from their point of view and understand. That's all you yeah. can do. You, you can, all that you can do is listen. Right. I agree. And I think it's something that's kind of hard to do. <laughs> it, it is. It's, um, it's hard to say, I, you know, I will never know what it's like. I can't, I, it's like whenever I've had people tell, or even you've told me about things you've struggled with at work because, you know, you're a woman and you're treated differently. I can't say, I understand. Oh, I know how you feel because the fact is I don't. Right. You know? Yeah. And I will say one of the unique things about being gay is, you know, you, you can't walk down the street and hide that you're a woman. Just like a person of color can't walk down the street and hide who they are, but being gay, I, I, I don't do this really anymore, but well, even when we're in, in the Dakotas, yeah, I, I could switch and I can maybe give off the impression that I was, change I was the a, tone of your voice, walk right. a little bit different, you know, yeah. be conscious of my mannerisms. And that is something that's unique is because you really see how people treat you differently. And they do not everyone. Some people are normal, but, um, I've had people say things to me before because they didn't know that I was gay. Um, I've had people ask me, um, guys that I've gone on dates with, well, is he like super feminine gay? And I'm like, so the fuck, what if he was? Right. So what if he is? So what? <laughs> what does that have to do with you? Nothing at all. Yeah. I mean, that's just, it kind of goes full circle though, back to what you were saying earlier mm -hmm. about how, um, being masculine in the gay community is something that's idolized. Yeah. And people love a masculine guy and guys will 
portray to be more masculine because they think it's attractive and they think mm-hmm. that other people will be more into them if they are so masculine. Oh yeah, for sure. And, I, and it, it's toxic, you know, toxic masculinity is not, um, what's it called? Is not just straight men. There are gay men that have toxic yes, masculinity. For sure. Trust me. I, you run into a few. I've run into them and I'm like, oh, girl, calm down. Something else that I <laughs> want to talk about. <laughs> I'm just like, I think that we needed to get all this out. We've been in our apartments just bottling this up. For, for years. Yeah. Um, so something else I want to talk about. This, it happens to do with one of the dates I went on. Um, the guy looked at my fingernails because I get my nails done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and... Cause I, I, I always get, I will always, something about me, I always have my nails done. I'll typically, I always have my feet like a pedicure on and it's because it makes me feel put together and I like feeling mm-hmm. put together. Um, and he looked at my nails and he goes, are you high maintenance? And I just like looked at him and I was like, yeah, I'm fucking high maintenance. Yeah. Every girl that you meet is going to be high maintenance. You want to know why? From the time that we were little kids, we were told to be delicate, um, mm-hmm. to, to be skinny and fit, but not too strong, to shave your legs, your armpits, your vagina, get your lip waxed, get your eyebrows waxed, dye your hair, guys like long hair, have long hair, be tan, um, get your nails done, get a pedicure, do all of these things, wear makeup, okay? Mm-hmm. Wear, wear good, have good clothes, like, you know what I mean? Do all of these things, and you're going to sit here and ask me if I'm, ma- if I'm high maintenance. Society has made me high maintenance. Yeah. And guess who's maintaining me? Myself. You're paying for your pedicures. You're paying for your manicures. Mm-hmm. Just because he comes into the picture don't doesn't make a difference. And here's my question to him. Is he high maintenance? Does he need you to cook him dinner? Does he need you to fold his laundry? <laughs> does he Does he need you to um, bring him some beer while he's playing his video games with his pals? Are you high maintenance? Because high maintenance is not just... To women. Exactly. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, that annoyed me so, so bad. I'm like, I, I just, I was like, I can't even deal with this. And I almost had to walk out because I'm like, don't, don't fucking ask that. And also yeah. something I want to make it known to is I am like almost every other girl out there, meaning Jared Freed, he always says this. There's a bell curve, okay? Bell curve. And it's a bell curve. I fall in the meaty section of the bell curve, Okay. You know, I love the word meaty. So you know what I'm saying though? I'm like most other girls out there. So please shut the fuck up. Yeah. And crawl back into the hole you came from. You're not outside of the norm. Exactly. I mean, of course I like to think I am, but no, I'm not. I'm like generally like all other girls. I'm high maintenance just in a different way. Just emotional breakdowns every day. I need someone to bring me back to reality. I understand that. I, I actually agree. Yeah. So I'm high maintenance too. Yeah. You know what? It's Okay. To be pro high maintenance <laughs> and PSA. <laughs> PSA. <laughs> yeah, so that's just what I, how I feel about. So now, anyone who's listening, if you're even thinking about asking me if I'm high maintenance, I'm going to direct you to this episode and listen to actually the whole thing and I, in, in yeah. ter- uh, entirety. Because this is what it's built up to: is we are high maintenance. Exactly. You know what? I want to say something else. For anyone that listened and they think that we got political, this is a political episode, this has nothing to do with Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal. This is what's called being a good fucking person, a normal person. It's real conversations that um, people feel uncomfortable having, and I understand that. I understand why. But the more that we have these uncomfortable conversations, the more change we'll see in the world. 
And I think we all agree that we need to see some fucking change in this world. We need to see some good stuff. And since we're saying this, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay to say that, you know what, I was wrong. Or you know what, I think I'm changing my mind. Because there's things I've changed my mind on. And that's called growing, evolving, being human. And if no one was going to change their mind and admit that maybe they were wrong in the past, then what's the point of having these conversations? That's why we should, so people can be open-minded. And I have another thing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you see that the, in Iowa, the guy who um, had that sign that said, need money for beer and put his Venmo name? Um, I didn't see that specific one, but... Okay, so he or he said like bush light or something. Mm-hmm. He, he said that and he ended up getting... $25,000, like $20,000 sent through Venmo. So he kept the money, like the $25, went and got a case of beer and donated the rest to like a children's hospital or a hospital up in right. Iowa. Okay. And so it got some, it got some press because he, they're like, wow, like he got all this money and he donated it. So then Bushlight matched that donation. I think it was Bushlight or it could be something mm-hmm. else. So don't, don't hit me guys. If I'm, if I'm wrong, um, they matched it and then Venmo matched it. And anyways, people kept donating because it turned into this great movement. Right. And so they made, I think his name is Carson King. They Bush or whatever beer it was made a can with his face on it because it turned into just like this mm-hmm. huge publicity thing and also a good thing for donations. Right. And he's 24. So one of these like little disgusting journalists pulled up, um, went through his Twitter and pulled up tweets from when he was 16. He tweeted when he was 16, some kind of, um, racial, like, I don't know if it was slurs or something like that, but he just tweeted some things that were controversial. And um, the journalist pulled these out and tried canceling him. And so then um, the beer company was like, we're not having anything to do with him anymore, Mm. whatnot. And he did a press conference and he was like, you know, um, I made these insensitive tweets before. That's not who I am anymore. Let's focus on the tweet that I made, you know, three years ago, which says it was something, it was like about changing and how this world needs to be a better place and we need to be more accepting. And it kind of like looked like it, it showed that he has changed. He was like, I'm not who I was mm-hmm. when I was 16 tweeting these. And it's, that's like so scary to me because I think he really did change. I don't know. Yeah. Granted, I don't know, but I'm saying, I think that he did change. And the person, the journalist that found these tweets Mm-hmm. He had tons of racist tweets and like inappropriate tweets. So, so he's like he diverting got, the attention away he from, got his fired from his yeah. job. But anyways, um, the whole point of that is just like people can change and you evolve and you can become a better person and you can become more understanding. And mm-hmm. I think that as a society, we need to be more accepting of change and people changing in Absolutely. general and not being like, who you were 10 years ago is who you are today because I can tell you right now who I am, who I was 10 years ago is not who I am today. And I'm very, I'm not proud of the way I was, the who I was before in the sense of like, I, cause I was raised so conservative, Southern mm-hmm. Baptist, all of these things. And that's how you formed, but then you go on your own and you create your own thoughts and opinions. And I'm proud of where I've come. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, same here. I've, was raised conservative and I look back on, you know, some of the the beliefs I had because that's what I was taught. That's what I was fed Mm -hmm. for my entire life. Then I go to college and I'm suddenly making my own, um, my own opinions, thoughts on all these things that I just thought were set in stone and they weren't. 
Right. You know, I mean, you were raised and I think that we'll get into to your coming out story at a later date, but you were raised <laughs> like next week. Yeah. When a national coming out day, um, you were raised thinking that being gay was wrong and a sin and you didn't like who you were yeah. until you came into that. And so that right there shows you how much you've changed. Right. It's a it's a mind fuck for sure. But we could also do a whole episode on cancel culture. We could. Like that's a whole nother bag of bag of worms. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that's all that this is all I have to say right now about all this. <laughs> so F is for feminism and also F is for fun. F is for friends. F is for fuck you. If you are anti-feminism. Yes. And F is also for fabulous. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yes. Should we do time is up? Let's get into this, girl. I'm ready to continue my rant. Yeah, this is literally a rant and I love it, but a good positive rant. Um, so my rant is I'm calling time is up on men sending. I've done this before, but I'm tired of you guys sending me some nasty messages on dating apps. I woke up this morning to a hinge message from a guy that said, I love those tits. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, can we not? Like this, I, I hadn't even messaged, he messaged me and I didn't respond, which I know people find annoying, like don't match someone on a dating app if you're not going to message them. Well, I didn't message him because I was like, didn't have the energy. And then he, I, I don't respond. So then he messaged me. I love those tits. Like, what did you want me to say? Yeah. Yeah. Let's fuck. No, like, ew. Uh, deleted. Bye. It, it makes me wonder, is this working <laughs> for them with some other exactly. people? That, I, that, like, no way. Like what? And this is a good rule of thumb. If you wouldn't say it to someone in person, don't say it over the app. Exactly. Exactly. Because if he would have said it in person, he would have got slapped. He would have got <laughs> slapped. And that's how I feel about that. So time's up on that, guys. Stop it. Enough. Yeah. Time's up on it. What's your time's up? Time is up. Once again, this is not political. It's just the facts. And it's just something we have to handle as a generation. Time is up on climate change. Thank we, you, Greta. Yes, thank you, Greta. We love you for doing all you, especially all of Generation Z. We as millennials are taking on the baby boomers for on a day-to-day -day basis, just on the little things that we have to address behaviors. Right. What so now what we need you all to do is correct the climate. Because we have our hands full with the boomers. Exactly. This is actually a call to action for Gen Z. Yes. You guys take on climate change and we're going to take on the baby boomers and their attitude problems. Yeah. And their day to day. We'll um, take on the brunt of the work. You guys just fix climate change. Okay. <laughs> but really we have to do something like it's, it's really freaks me out and it scares me to think about it. And I know yeah. there's people that don't think it exists, but there's also people that didn't think gravity existed when Sir Isaac Newton said, Hey, gravity's a thing. There's people who thought the, the world was flat. It's and still do. Yeah. And so. I, we have got to do something and I don't know. I, I don't know what I, if I could just fly up and sew up the hole in the ozone layer, trust me, I would. In a heartbeat. But I, time's up on climate change. It's also is so hot today and oh it's, God, yeah. it's the end of September. Yeah. We got to yeah. do something about it. And, and oh, I thought I was done. And for those that are like, we just had the most record uh, coldest winter in Chicago. Climate change isn't real. Guys, global warming is a misnomer. And this was from my friend, Annie, who's a teacher that told me this and it stuck with me as well. It is not just global warming. It is climate change. Is the earth as a whole getting warmer? Yes, but it's the fact that our climates are changing. You want to know why it got so fucking cold? This is what I read. I'm not a scientist. I don't know. <laughs> but that the polar ice caps that keep the polar winds from coming down this far are now gone. That's scary. I don't, That's know if really it's, scary. I don't know if it's true, but 
climate change, not just global warming people. We've got to do something. I, yeah, I agree. Um, and just something I kind of want to say in general is that if you don't agree with any of the things we're saying today, that's totally fine. We love an open dialogue, but let's all respect each other's opinions. We'll respect your opinion if it's different and you want to have a conversation with that. Yeah, let's, let's listen to each other and figure out more, you know, love to hear it. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. Love you. Thank you so much. Petty Single and Always Late is brought to you in part by Male Breast Enhancements. That's right, guys. Since you like tits so much, now you can get your own. No need to comment. No need to touch anyone else's. Simply just take a pill, and you can pick whatever size you want. You can go with an A cup, or you can go to triple D's. That's right, male breast enhancements. And you don't have to be straight. Gay men who love just bopping on those titties without consent. That's right, you can get your own too. Motorboat yourself. So, I mean, we're just so excited to partner with Male Breast Enhancements this week, and I just want to thank them so much for being a part of the show. I think you guys will really, really like this product. I know it's something that Weston has really enjoyed, and Oscar, too. Um, And just as a little reminder, guys, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Share this to your Instagram story. Get the word out. Come on. Come on, guys. Seriously, do it. PSA Podcast. Email us at hello at psapodcast.com. You know what to do. Let's start doing it. (laughs) 